So uh, today we are talking about anxiety. Some of you go, oh great, I feel anxious already. <laughs> Just say the word. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, this got, it's interesting all the songs that we've sung today. Now, Aaron and I didn't kind of like talk during the week and go, hey, this is what I'm preaching on. Uh, make sure the, all, all the words say something in relation to anxiety or, or, or something, you know. But uh, it's, it's cool how God kind of just does that. And a lot of the words that we've been singing uh, are for this morning, which is really cool. But I want to talk about this subject. And is it all right if I get a little bit real, a little bit, a bit, bit, uh, bit naked, so to speak? I'm not going to unbutton. I'm not going to unbutton. Then I'll have to start preaching on lust. And you'll all be convicted. So I'm not going to do that. And I'm just going to get a little bit real uh, with my heart. Is that all right? So be, be kind and, uh, yeah, no crying because uh, that, that won't be helpful for me. All right, so we're looking at Matthew 6 this morning, uh, verse 25 to 34. I'm going to read out of the message. And if, if you don't have it on your device or uh, in paper version, we'll put up on the screen so you can read along. But it says this, if you decide for God... Living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in the closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you can count far more to Him, and you count far more to Him than birds. Verse 27 says, has anyone uh, by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? By this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields. I like I'm, I'm picturing a naked person now. Walk out into the fields. <laughs> uh, help me, Jesus. And, and look at the wildflowers. Just look at them. They never primp or shop. Uh, but, they, but, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over all these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all the everyday human concerns will be met. Verse 34, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up from the, t- from, from the time that comes. Oh, what an incredible passage of Scripture, right? I don't really have to say much more. It's, there's just so much there. But in verse 25, it starts, it says, Therefore I tell you, out of the ESV, do not be anxious about your life. <laughs> it's interesting in this passage, if, if you look, it's, it's getting to the kind of the end of this message that Jesus is preaching on the Sermon of the Mount. And uh, he's, uh, he talks about anxiety. And I think, I think it's because right at this point, I think people are getting pretty anxious. And the, 
here's the thing. If we go back into Roman times, ancient times, you know about two-thirds of the, those living in the Roman Empire were in slavery. Two-thirds. Are, so it means you're, you're owned by someone else. You don't have freedom and liberty and choice. You're enslaved to someone else. Two-thirds of society. Now, I'm guessing that it would be a similar kind of crowd that are sitting on the hill with Jesus, as we see there. You know, they're sitting on the hill. They're, they're, they're men and women, children that know very well what it's like to be concerned about their next meal or where they're putting their head down because they're enslaved. They haven't got the freedom and liberty that we know and experience. And so this would have been a very real issue that Jesus is speaking to. And as well as that, um, to give the context, I mean, Jesus has been poking a stick at a whole lot of things. He's talked about lust, anger, divorce, retaliation, uh, loving your enemies, he, he's poked a stick at the religious and the political leaders and kind of gone, you know what, you're not all that you think you are and you kind of need to pull your head in and not be so arrogant and be prideful, you know, and then he, 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 he kind of, what, what would you say, he demotes them and then he elevates those that are poor and lowly, the, the two-thirds of the people. So he, he speaks to them and says, you know what, you're, you're the people, you've the, they're the, you're the kind of people that God loves. And they're thinking, who, me? I'm a, I'm a slave. I'm a no one. I'm just a number. I'm just, just like everyone else. He goes, no, you guys. You guys, the ones that have, are poor in spirit, I like you. And I want to help you. And so I think by this point of the, the message, after covering all, some of these things, they're right at the point where they're all sitting on the hill feeling a little bit anxious. You know, have you... Have you ever done kind of counseling or anything? When you kind of speak about a whole lot of difficult issues, what do you generally feel? A little anxious, a little angsty, right? I'm hoping to just create a bit of that vibe this morning. (laughs) I won't do that. But you know what I mean? As you talk about some serious issues, you generally start to feel a little anxious. So I think by this point, if we're leaning into the story in the moment that is, that is, is here, they're kind of at this point going, I'm a little anxious. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little concerned about my life and where it's going and what's happening and I kind of like you and want to lean into you and follow you but I'm not sure about it I'm feeling a little unsettled yeah and so they're right at this point and then Jesus says do not be anxious do not be anxious now if we go to 2019 anxiety is high on the rise it's a very, very real issue. You know, back then, with two-thirds of the population of the world in slavery, yeah, there's, there's anxiety. But the, in, the interesting and the true factors in anxiety is at its highest point right now. People are walking, living, or <laughs> moving through life with high anxiety. Suicide is on the increase. I mean, this week we um, was... Uh, what was it, World Suicide Prevention Day, September 10th, wasn't it? And there's actually initiatives and even, you know, countries, governments are actually going, this is a proper issue. I mean, we're living in a time where we're curing more disease than, diseases than ever before, where we have the ability to live longer than ever before. We're defeating the things, so to speak, that would stop life, but we're ending our own life. It's a real, real issue. 
And most of the concern, if you do the, look at the research on it, major concerns for people that are feeling anxious are around finances and debt. They feel enslaved to it. They have huge concerns on it. And it's not just, you might say, oh, it's, it's just those that are in the low-income brackets that are kind of just getting a Centrelink payment and just surviving on that. The true actual fact is that the highest income earners are the ones that are taking their life at, a, at extreme higher levels. So having a lot doesn't necessarily mean that it does away with anxiety. In fact, it doesn't. The stats would tell us the exact opposite. Anxiety is a very, very thing, real thing. I remember years ago, uh, I was in Uganda, and uh, some of you have heard this story, but um, I can't remember what trip it was, but uh, I spent a couple of days there, and throughout the week, I, ha I had a driver that was taking me around to the different uh, sites that I was visiting and so on uh, with compassion. And we just got talking through, through the week, and uh, I should have sh shared, you know, about my family, he shared about his... And then he told me a little bit about his story and how uh, he lost his, his entire family to the LRA, to Joseph Coney. His parents killed. He come home one day, he's an orphan. His family's been wiped out. And I was obviously really moved as he told this and, and it was still very real for him, the pain around that area of his life. And then he, and then he says, you know what, but, but you live in Australia. Oh. I would love to live in Australia. Australia is the best place on earth, heaven on earth. And I'm like, well, actually, we've got the highest suicide rate in the world. And he, he almost went off the road. He's just, he's, he's like, you are lying. He was actually really firm. He's like, you're not telling the truth. Not possible. Not true. I said, no, it's, it's really true. It's sadly very true. Actually, not far from where we live is highest youth suicide in the world. Even the next day, he got back in the car. He says, you, you, you know, he didn't even wait to do the pleasure. He goes, you're not telling me the truth. Australia, not like that. Like he was kind of holding on to that if he ever got to Australia, he'd, he'd find heaven. He'd, he'd find a place where the worries and concerns and the real things that he had pressed in on in his life wouldn't exist. But the truth is, that is the reality. You know that, uh, here's another true fact that about Beyond Blue says that it, about 45% of Australians will suffer anxiety in their life. 45%. Obviously half. Extraordinary in a nation that in 2018 was ranked the highest in the world for median and average wealth per adult. Highest in the world. And we also boast the best wealth distribution on the planet. How can this be? But it is a reality. And so when Jesus speaks into this passage today, this, 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 in here we find truth that is not just for there on that moment, but right here for right now. And he's offering the same life that he was speaking here to these disciples and the few on the hill that he is today. I... This is where I get a little nudie, but this is something that I've really had to battle with. From age 21, uh, we, we went into business and, and planted a church all within six months. <laughs> and uh, that was a little much. <laughs> and uh, I found myself getting a little bit anxious. And in fact, it, it got so bad. And at that point, also my grandfather passed away and suddenly the reality of death 
dawned on me that people die. Has anyone ever felt that? Like when a first member, family member passes, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to live forever. And I, I kind of got to this point and suddenly this anxiety started to build up inside of me. I didn't even know what it was. I had no idea. I just knew that I felt really bad. And then I felt like I was always tensed up and on edge and I was just completely gripped. And it got so bad that eventually I started to have these uh, uh, like chest pains, horrible chest pains to the point where then I went to the doctor and he's like, you need to go see a cardiologist. And they, I went and saw a cardiologist and they said to me, you know what, your, your heart rate gets really low when you're s- sleeping. Like I had to wear monitors and whatever and I'm like, like stopping low or just like low, low. And he's like elite athlete low. And I'm like, well, that can't be good because I'm not an elite athlete. So from that, then I started to develop sleeping problems. I didn't want to fall asleep because I was worried my heart was going to stop. I'm like, I don't want to go to sleep because tonight might be the low, low, low that stops. So I didn't want to sleep. We laugh about it, but gosh, it was real. I'd be there wanting to sleep, but then not wanting to sleep and totally gripped and stressed out. Then I found out I developed ulcers in my esophagus and had to be treated for that for a couple of years. I had panic attacks. I mean, I know what it is to be anxious. A little nude with you this morning. It's a very, very real thing. And in the moment, you can actually, what the most concerning thing about being anxious is you don't know how to get out of it. (laughs) So you feel trapped. You feel enslaved. Yeah? I'm in a prison here. I can't get out of the feelings and the emotion that I'm experiencing. Yeah? So out of this and out of my lessons, I found that there's two things that we can do. Yeah? Firstly, the thing that I tried to do is to work out a solution. <laughs> and the second thing is I tried to distract myself. Anyone tried that? So number one, I tried to just work it out. Now, I'm a great problem solver. I've got engineers everywhere in my family. I mean, we see a problem, we can work out a way. And so I just focus in on the issue and the concern and I'd bend over backwards trying to work out whatever issue I was in or whatever it is. Oh, if I tap this way, if I go that way, if I make these steps, if I pull this person in, if I do this, if I manage this better, if I, you know, and, I, and, and, and it's spinning. Out of control. Out of here. And I'm trying to sort it out. That's number one. And then, and then the other thing is you just try to distract yourself. Now, some things can be helpful. A little bit of medication. Pop a pill. It's very easy to build up ways to try to numb it, to try to just take yourself away from it, just get out of it. Maybe I'll obsess about exercise. That'll be good. Exercise is good. So I'll do it every day, every day, every day, every day. I love exercise. Exercise is amazing. I'm stressed because I didn't go to the gym tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm stressed about that. I need to go twice. I've got to go twice the next two days. Has anyone been there? I mean, you. Someone said never at the front. Yep. (laughs) God bless you. Tim Kasser in his book says this, it's entitled The High Price of Materialism, explains, and I'm paraphrasing, but turning to substances like tobacco, alcohol, and drugs limit a person's authenticity, autonomy, and freedom 
that sabotage feelings of flow and intrinsic motivation. People end up feeling alienated from society and others and having difficulties with emotional expression and suffer personality disorders. That's kind of the train where it goes. Know what that's like. Where you kind of just get on this train and you, and you lose your flow. Freedom is flow, it's movement. I can go from here to here because I can. My feet move, I go, I want to go there. But once that starts to get unhinged, suddenly you, 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 you're just locked in. Enslaved. You get what I'm talking about? You're feeling it? You feel like you've lost your freedom. Back to the passage. But Jesus says, don't be anxious. Now, here's the interesting thing. Anxious in the, in, in, translated from the original language. It says, drawn in opposite directions. Divided into parts. Distracted. Figuratively to, to go to pieces. So that's exactly what happens. When you become anxious, you start to split yourself up into different directions. I've got to go this way. I've got to go that way. I'm going to use this thing to numb the pain. And you end up being torn in every single direction that you no longer have an intrinsic flow, but you're now torn in every single direction. That's anxiety. Are you getting a picture? I'm explaining this. This is from the Word of God. This is before psychologists kind of nutted it all out. Jesus is saying here, anxiety, you get split up and separated and divided. You get distracted to the point where you lose your freedom. So what do we do? Verse 34. I'm going to read out of the ESV. He gives this, and this is, this is wonderful, beautiful instruction. It says this, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the days is its own trouble. <laughs> it's funny when I... When I've got anxious about things before, I actually get more anxious about what could happen than what is. That's what that's saying. So you start to assume and presume, if this is happening right now, this is going to happen, and that's going to lead to this, and this person's going to be affected, and then I'm going to be further concerned, and that's going to bring on that. And you start to make presumptions and assumptions about what might be happening or would it be catastrophizing. This is going to lead to that, it's going to lead to that and suddenly there's going to be an almighty earthquake that is going to unhinge me. Here Jesus is saying, you know what? Don't do that. Just be here now. Don't let your mind run. Don't let it go in every single direction. Don't be separated and divided into pieces. Be here right now. I can help you with today. I can help you with today. Yeah? Verse 33, then he says this. Going back, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things things that I just can't seem to work out and 
kind of connect the dots and make it work together. All these pieces that are in place, I can't work it together. And Jesus says here, you know what? Stop and just seek me. The right way that I have for you is in me. Seek first my kingdom. Again, it's in our nature to remove ourselves, to distract ourselves from the situation. But here, it's fascinating that, that Jesus says, seeking first God's kingdom is... And, and here's the thing about God's kingdom. And, and this is where there was a great misunderstanding because when they thought Jesus was coming is that they were gonna, he was going to establish an earthly kingdom that would have boundaries and borders. This is the country, so to speak, because Australia is easy because you just follow the coastline. But in other nations, there's borders, there's fences that say, this is the territory that you occupy. Now, here's the thing about God's kingdom. It's not limited by boundaries or borders, nor height nor depth. It's far expansive. In fact, it's beyond what you can even understand or imagine. And so here God is saying, hey, I understand that you're here on earth and you have boundaries and limitations and expectations and responsibilities that surround your life. But if you look up to me, I'm in a completely different realm. And the realm that I am is beyond and above everything that you can try to put together to seek me first. In fact, another translation, a way to translate is seek me only. Again, we can, with anxiety, you get split up into all different directions. Here he's saying, one thing I want you to do, be present in today and look up. Come up to me and see that the situation that you're in will change within a day. In fact, it can change. God's kingdom is eternal, it's beyond, it's not limited by the things that we see here. In some ways, we say that Jesus said, remove yourself from the world that you're in and the current circumstances that you're in to be present with me. Isn't that good? So how do we do this? Do you kind of just look up at the sky and go, I'm coming up, I'm coming up, I'm coming up. Still on the ground. All right, this time, like Eddie the Eagle. I've got to get into that. It's through talking to him. Our conversation lifts us up with him. So if you flick back one page, the disciples go, how do you pray? How do you talk to God? He says, let me tell you. And he says this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If I paraphrase it, he said, lift your head up and your attention from the world that you're in and look to me. Come out of the situation and come up to me. Lift yourself up by asking to experience a different reality. Philippians 4. If we go a couple of decades later, the smartest philosopher and religious leader of the time 
has a moment where he goes from being an enemy of Christians to being the Apostle Paul. And he ends up in a situation where he's in jail. And he's chained to the wall. And he's a slave. He's a prisoner. And he writes to this church in Philippi. And he talks to them about what's working for him, (laughs) I believe. And he says this, if we read from verse 6 in chapter 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all the different pieces and parts, will guard your hearts, it will set up boundaries around your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about such things. What's Paul saying here? He says, tell God about everything that's concerning you. Really simple. Tell God. Get it off your chest and release it to Him so we can help you. I've found that as human beings, we've got to get it off our chest. Is anyone else like that? And we've got different ways of doing that. It might be to talk to another friend, parent. Some of it might be substance. I'm, I'm going I'm to try to wash it away and remove it that way. But we've all got to somehow work out with what is going on in here and in here and get it out. And so Jesus is saying here, the mechanism is to release it to me. Talk to me about it. And talk as, as honestly and as brutally as you can. If you read through the book of Job, there's the honesty that he's looking for. If you read through Psalms, there's the kind of honesty that he's looking for. Here's the thing. This might surprise you. God knows what's going on in your life. Yeah. Did you, did you know this, Graham? Like, everything. Every moment. Some moments you don't want him to be part of. He's aware of it. Nothing is beyond his gaze. He sees it. But here's the thing. He won't do anything with what you're going through unless you submit it. He doesn't force his hand on you. But he goes, if you, if you, suffer, if you, if you give that supplication, if you, if you release it, then I can do something with that. I can help you. If you're willing to just let it go. In fact, I really like that if you do. But you've got to let it go. You've got to surrender it so that I can come into the situation that you're in and help you. So he says, release that, but then he says, don't then have an empty mind, replace it with these things. And he goes on and says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, ponder, meditate on those things. If you fill your mind with those things that I'm into and part of, you'll find that you'll find life. Shift years, let it go. Bring it on. (laughs) Let it go. Bring it on. Do you get this? 
It's like taking off the things you don't need and putting on the things you find helpful and the very things that your soul needs. Now, here's the cool thing. You don't have to make an appointment. It won't cost you anything other than your time. And he always understands. Every single time. See, the thing about Jesus Christ is he came to earth, God in flesh, and he knows all about pain. He had one mission in mind in coming to earth, and that was to make a way for you to experience full and abundant life and nothing else. That is it. Full stop. Life only. And not just a good life here on earth, eternal life. Where the goodness and whatever is true, noble, right, just, all those things, peace that you enjoy here will continue on and it won't stop forever. But to do that, he had to experience the very pain that you and I experience. And so before he went to the cross, in the garden, he knows what's to come. Like I said, it's the presumption and it's even the thought of what, what, what is coming. He's there and he's very aware of, he's gripped by the reality that he's about to experience the most violent and painful experience that any human being will ever experience. And not only is he going to experience physical pain, but he's going to take on all of our sin, all of our pain, all of our anxiety, everything that would look to suck the life out of us, he's going to, he, he takes it all upon himself in a moment while being executed so that you and I have a way to life. It says in the garden that, and Dr. Luke reports this, in fact, that he's in such high stress that he's actually perspiring blood out of his sweat. He's at such a point of an anxiety, but he's willingly going there because he's saying, I've got to do this because there's too many lives and I don't want one of them, not one of them, to live life bound up, enslaved to fear and anxiety. This is our saviour, Jesus. There's a way out. There's a way through. And it's through him. That's why he says, seek me first. Be in a moment with me and I'll pour life into you.